Welcome to the Two Blokes Talking Podcast, here with your host Anthony Thewis. And Dwayne Schraffer. Uh, today we're going to talk about um, a TV documentary series that we've uh, both seen, uh, that we found quite fascinating, yeah. um, quite quite disturbing in the same one. Um, and then we're going to probably rumble on because it doesn't seem to be going away, uh, the coronavirus, we're going to have a chat about that and then we'll get into our main topic, the TV series that we've seen, but as we always do, Dwayne, how's your week been? Oh, how's my week been? I've been back at uh, back at work this week, as uh, as you know, because we work together. <laughs> yeah. um, How are you finding it? It's been that's been uh, tough. I thought actually when I first came back on Monday, I thought I've got this in bag, nice and easy. I took me all the kids to school, and I was at work on time. Uh, since then, it's kind of gone downhill. Um, yeah, just from struggling to get up and get stuff sorted and get myself ready and and get to work. Uh, once you get to work, it's all right. You kind of fire through, don't you? And before you know it, the time's gone. Um, yeah, how do you feel being back at work? With, obviously, with little and at home, and that I always when I think when I had my first, it was difficult and sort of like I know you've you've already got kids and that, but work again then becomes a bit secondary. I think. Yeah, it's it's been uh, it's been tough like that because because I want to be at home, and that's the thing. I think I'm at work, and I'm all I'm thinking about is I can't wait to get home. I can't wait to get home and see it young. But but on the other side of things, I'm I'm thinking it gives it's giving our lass a bit of a break from me. <laughs> other kids are at school, well, I'm at work. My missus at home with, with young and dog, and I think it gives her you know, that bit of a, a bit more of a relax and a bit of a break. Um, but yeah, but it's been all right. It's been all right. I'm getting through it um, and getting back into sort of things. Um, obviously, we're not talking about this now, but the, this thing with the, this virus and that's out there is making things more difficult because I can't drive yet because she had C-section and she's a bit wanting to do things where to go out and get bits and bats mm. and I'm struggling because I'm at work and I've got to get home and we're training. Um, but I guess everyone else is in the same boat that way, aren't they? So, yeah. How are you finding like, the rugby side of it? Because I know like from I never had kids when I played, but they're a bit more relentless, aren't they? It's sort of like, you just got to get on with it type thing. Um, yeah, I think... For somebody who's not a, I'm gonna call myself an athlete. I'm probably not an athlete. <laughs> for somebody who's who's not an athlete, they only have to worry about going to work, then coming home, and they're there. Then, yeah. for me, I've got to go to work, and then I'm coming home, and I'm thinking about going out again, training. Um, so the time's very limited that you have with your children, and I think yeah. that sometimes, when you're a sportsman or when you've got two jobs, anyone yeah. who's got two jobs. So, People don't realise how tough it is sometimes when you've got children. I know some people don't, mine's a choice, I choose to play rugby, and some people don't have a choice, they have to go out and work two or three jobs to make ends meet, and it's, it's not nice, because you're missing out on stuff. I'm not going to put you on the spot, but that's the sacrifice you, you've made, aren't you? So sure. the sacrifices for your rugby career at the moment, you you have to make sacrifices, and you know, family life, and hobbies and other hobbies and interests outside of the game you're having to sacrifice them at the moment aren't you yeah yeah um, it, yeah you have to sacrifice everything for well for the sport or yeah. for, uh, but it, I think I'm different now to what I were with my last child and stuff I think as you get older and you, you know, your career's kind of not doing nothing, but you're coming to the kind of back and things, priorities change a little bit and you do start to think, do you know what, I'm going to have that extra five minutes um, at home with young and rather than getting there early and doing this little bit of extra thing kind of thing, that things change. But but yeah, I, I always think about, you know, by the time my kids are old enough to be starting to do this stuff themselves, I'll be long gone retired and 
I'll be able to throw myself into them. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, your kids. Well, your kids will be. You'll have moved on. Your kids have grown up, and then you'll be able to put that time into them. Won't you? Um, yeah. I've got to be words muddled up there. I'm not going to put you on the spot and say how long do you think you've got left. Um, <laughs> That's, that is it. As long as anyone wants to keep paying me, mate, I'll keep paying. That's as simple as it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. So then we're going to going to my week weekend. I think it quite quiet one. It was quite relieving actually to have a a weekend in calendar where there was nothing in it. Yep. And so then you can sort of make your own plans. You're not dictated by sort of like times and stuff of when you're doing things, and it was nice. We went to uh, Nosto Priory on uh, Sunday. Lovely. A lovely walk around there. If you've never been, I recommend that you do go. Um, nice walk. It'll be brilliant in summer because obviously they've got fields and fields where you, it'd be nice to go and have a, have a picnic and that. Um, and then we went to the park bit um, just to burn off some energy for Arlo. Um, have a run around and get muddy and jump in puddles and everything else and um, a little bit of an update we persisted with the potty training and his, I think he's nailed it now so, uh, yeah so he didn't have no accidents there uh, asked to go to the toilet while we were there so I took him to the toilet held it all the way back to the car and got home and so on, on that brilliant but yeah it was good to have sort of like a a quiet quiet weekend for once um, which were nice um, good man. But yeah, right, we'll get into our, well, we'll get into this like news story. It doesn't seem to be ever going away and it just, it, everything's just ramping up and ramping up yeah. around it. Everybody's going to be talking about it and, and I don't think we'll ever, or anyone's ever experienced it before or it's going to be one of those that you'll go, in 2020, through this virus and you'll be telling kids or yeah, your, yeah. your grandkids or whatever you'll be telling people oh this happened and because we've never experienced it before I don't know I'm sort of like last week's podcast we talked about it and we thought everybody scaremongering, is scaremongering. Yeah. and now I've, the, the dial of not scaremongering but my dial of concerns moved a bit and I'm probably yeah. down now bang in the middle I've got one foot in either camp of it's getting blown out of proportion, but I'm also quite concerned about it because I don't think there's that much information out there for what we can do or what we shouldn't do or what we can do apart from wash our hands for 20 seconds, yeah. blood, all that like general uh, stuff, but there's nothing like major what to do. And then just, and we're just hearing stuff all on the news and it's just snowballing. What, what is your thoughts on it? It's just like... Well, this is, this is one of those things, I think. What's scary about it? What's the most scary thing about it to me is it? It's completely out of our hands. Yeah. It's not nothing's in our power. No. We don't know it, and you're in, and you're living on the edge of what's going to happen in um, <clears throat> when the prime minister says or what we're told to do. Because you know, I'd love to turn around and say, I tell you what's going to happen here. I ain't sending my kids to school. I ain't going to work. I'm going to make sure I'm all right, sat in my house until this goes away. But I can't do that because no. you won't get paid. No. You'll get fined from schools for not sending your kids in. Yeah, yeah. You don't get the education. Until we're told, right, this is what's happening, we're closing schools, we're doing this, then we can't do nothing about it. And all people are doing is thinking the worst. The panic, cause, because what else can they do? You know, it's all right, us, we're, being, we're quite optimistic with it and we've been yeah, all right. Yeah. And I dare say that we haven't been out of panic bought. No. And that's the things. But, but my Mr. Sat at home saying, God, I'm looking on Facebook and 
as they're at Marley, there's no toilet roll, yeah, there's yeah. no salt, there's no pasta. And I'm thinking, well, yeah. I said to my Mrs. Gemma this morning, I said, oh, I think this weekend we should maybe look at, not panic buying, but, you know, getting some tins and getting some stock, like, food yeah. and that's long life, just in case. We are on, put on lockdown for two weeks or four weeks or whatever it is going to be. Um, and it's, it's quite scary to think that we're going to be told to stay in our homes. Yeah, and this, like, this has not happened in our lifetime, has it? And, I, like, I can only... I think we, we talked about this off, kind of off the podcast, saying, like, this is like... When your grandparents talk to you about the the war, oh, World War Two, and this, you, had to, have, you had to have all your curtains closed yeah. and, and this and that, and and we've never had anything like that. And now this is going to be the thing for us, to our grandchildren. Oh well, in twenty twenty, we lived through the coronavirus or whatever, you know. In, I know, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's 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 a weird one, and and on the back of it, everybody's going out and panic, but I just think that's a bit ridiculous. But then, what's going to happen to the most vulnerable in society? So, those are people. There are people that live hand to mouth every month, every yeah. week, um, that can't afford to go out and panic buy, and can't afford to go out and stockpile food or whatever. They they see what money they've got at end of week, and they do that little bit of shopping to them to the money that they've got, yeah. and they're adding it up, and they go around the supermarket. Now, what's going to happen with those kind of people? Like, if they're not allowed out to supermarkets or they're not allowed out to this to that you know the most vulnerable in society are going to feel it aren't they like you know it's alright I mean dare I say we're in quite a privileged position where we could probably go out this weekend and, and do a massive shop yeah. but there will be people that can't do that and now what do they do yeah like what contingency plan is in, in, in place for them and I don't know, I don't know how it's going to rumble on. And I always look at the flip side of it as well. Like, not the flip side, but look at the other, like, the other sides of it and all the conspiracy theories that are coming out and around it. Um, I've read some wicked and wonderful <laughs> conspiracies that, <laughs> that have been about like, people saying it's to do with the 5G network being launched and this is the symptoms that it's causing and um, the, the, um, the vaccine that we're going to get is going to be um, a chip that's going to be in us and then they'll be able to track our every move and they'll be able to just switch us off at a button when we've paid our taxes. Probably me when I get to 68 and I'm to get my pension, they'll switch me off. But, um, yeah, like, have you ever known anything like it? No, never. You've never known anything like it, like, especially all this thing with... The hysteria that just <laughs> created it, you know. Like, yeah, you go on social media again and... It, and you can't believe everything and that's just whipping everything up isn't it people videos of people fighting over toilet roll and stuff and and that's the first, that's the stage you know the stage where we're at now but i think because we work in this this sector the, the thing that's that's going to make this massive and make it worldwide is if if schools get closed if yeah because if that happens that's then anybody else who has children especially young children yeah they can't go to work because they need something to look after their kids. They have to be at home. Yeah, it's kind and of a... All, what's going to happen, and, I, and I'm, I'm saying this now before it does happen, but this will happen, it's only going to take one child in a school to have contracted the coronavirus and somebody to get wind of it. And before you know it, that school's gone. Then the next school's gone because they've got mates who go to that school yeah, and they yeah. go to that school and then it'll spiral out of control. Yeah, domino effects though, won't it? And it, I don't know if they need to 
close schools or do it now before that happens because that's where people are protective of the children out there they're yeah, protective yeah. of yeah. their elderly and they'll be well I'm not sending my kid in and that will happen eventually yeah. um, and there will be a knock on effect either way it? whether it's I, I don't want to call it a proactive approach because I'm not too savvy up of it I think they're trying to prevent it now aren't they prevent the spread and slow yeah. it down till the summer now whether that's because then they're going to close schools and stop the spread of it that way or they're going to be reactive mm-hmm. um, and react on back of a case and end of it yeah. it's going to be interesting it's going to obviously all play out um, I don't think we'll hear the last of it um, to make light of it just to make light of it I know it's a very negative subject to make light of it a big shout out to the uh the young high school student who's been selling squirts of uh, oh, yes. alcohol gel for 50 pence. Made nine quid, apparently. Made nine quid and then got excluded. Made <laughs> nine quid. He said he was going to buy a multi-pack of Doritos and get, get a kebab with the rest of the money. Uh, so, 50p a squirt. Businessman everywhere. Businessman, yeah. But, um, yeah, I've never known, like, the NBA, basketball in America has been mm-hmm. cancelled. They've cancelled flights from Europe. Uh, there were a football fixture last night cancelled. Um, it's just like you basically what's going to happen is you might as well just scrap 2020 because this is going to rumble on and rumble on there's nothing there's not going to be any sporting events there's not going to be nothing yeah. I mean thank god for Netflix and Amazon Prime and uh, TV so, so yeah. TV streaming services because what else would we do when we're on lockdown like my kids will be climbing wall if we're on lockdown but it's really hammer businesses isn't it you know yeah. And then I ain't paying pay my Sky Sports bill if Super League isn't on TV or if the Premier League yeah, isn't so on TV. Yeah, so what are they going to justify? Gonna be like, well, I ain't paying that this month because they didn't play and they've got to give you the money and it's going to affect Sky that way and of course, and then, you know, that's just a one. And then small know. businesses as well, the knock-on effect cafes, little places. The, 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 the fallout from it, shall we call it, the fallout, it's just going to be massive. Like, Is the economy strong enough to recover? Oh, we're going to see a lot more casualties, a bit like Flybe, who went because they were blaming. And then now, obviously, flights are going to be empty and things like that. But they're having to keep slots out the airports and stuff so they keep the space for later on when it clears up. You know, summer holidays, they're probably going to get cancelled. Um, and then just, yeah, I mean, we don't know the severity of it because we don't, we haven't had it, have we? We, we don't know what it's like. And people are just playing down playing it as a like flu, but. You know, they're taking it serious enough, aren't they? I mean, but they're not uh, rioting on the streets like they were in Hong Kong, like they were a few weeks ago. <laughs> it's to clear that. So it's to clear the pollution and and the conspiracy theories will rumble on and rumble on. Um, yeah, just watch it all unfold and... It's, Time will tell. Yeah. Time will it's, tell. It's absolutely, like, bonkers to... I don't know. I just uh, don't know what to think of it. Really, I'm sort of like lost with, with it. Um, but yeah, we'll leave that there because you know we we we'll be still talking it around it on New Year's Eve in twenty twenty the coronavirus and look back at twenty twenty and what happened. Um, unfortunately, there will be people who who die from it, won't they? And that's the sad part. And you know, and it will have a knock on effect of the economy. But I'm sure we'll get by and. You know, all will be well eventually, but um, yeah, just watch it rumble on and and see what happens. That's that's my point of view. It sounds quite laid back, but there's nothing else we can do, is there? 
So that's enough of uh, the coronavirus with us. We're going to go on to this um, TV series. Uh, what, what, can you remember what the actual TV series is called? Inside the Mind. Is it Inside the Mind Inside of... Inside the Mind of, of Aaron, Aaron and Anders. Yeah. So Aaron and Anders was um, an American footballer. Um, made it big time at the... Uh, what what club did he get signed for? New England Patriots. Yeah, New England Patriots. That was it. And he ended up getting... He'd done that well. He ended up getting a massive contract, didn't he? Worth $40 million. Um, but what happened in this... Uh, in his short American football career, um, he was accused of murdering two uh, people. Um, and then he... He got convicted of murdering a, a semi-professional footballer, Odin Lloyd, I think it was. Yep. Uh, so yeah, the mind of Aaron Hernandez, that's what it's called. Um, now, what did you think of the series? We've both watched it. What did you think? Um, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Why? It were three part, three part. Yeah, three part. Um, yeah. I'm glad it were only three parts though, because yeah. by end of three, it, it, I wanted to know more sooner. Uh, I think. Yeah. It, it was a slow burner. You had a lot of interviews in there, things that were irrelevant. Yeah. Um, but I got it. I, I get why they did it to fill it out. But you wanted to know, you know, they could have done it in one episode, but you could have yeah. found well, out. Well, they could have done it in like a big an hour, hour and a half long. Yeah. What were the 45 minute long episodes? Three, yeah. Uh, three of them, two, two and a bit hours. Um, but yeah, but, but I, I enjoyed it and it, and it, it made sense. Uh, it left me in the end even when I finished it I still were like did he? Mm. did he kill those other two? Yeah. You know, of course he did or, or in my opinion and you know did he commit suicide? Yeah, or did somebody kill him in there? because he was such a high profile yeah. you know there was the, before him there's only ever been OJ Simpson who got away with murder yeah, and, and he would have got away with murder and they likened him to OJ Simpson didn't yeah. they in some of the like news clips that it showed um, I found it fascinating though like you've got this and again I never a story that you'll probably never hear apart from OJ Simpson um, that this high profile American footballer yeah. was accused of committing three murders committed for one and acquitted of two now, he's been found guilty of one. However, did he think he was going to get away with that one? Like, he was an household name. Everybody knew him in America. Like, at what point... Like, at what point did he think he was ever going to get away with it? Well, obviously, men, men, mentally, he wasn't stable mentally. But I, but I understand. I understand why he thought he was going to. Because as I, as I watched it, and you saw the things like... Uh, I think there was a storyline. There's a storyline in there um, about him going out to a club when he was younger, and um, some guy giving him uh, some slaver or something, yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. he broke his jaw. Yeah, <laughs> he broke the guy's jaw, yeah. and because of who he was and what happened, he, he went away. He didn't go yeah. in prison. He didn't. The police didn't come, so he thought he was untouchable. He was New England Patriots player. You know, they were all New England Patriots fans. They didn't want him to be done so they, they left it you know yeah, like, it's it's one thing punting a bloke for giving you a shot but then going out and and it execute what it was described as an execution wasn't it executing his his mate yeah with two other people in the car with him 
Like, but he only got caught for killing his mate, for killing uh, Owen Lloyd who were on there. Yeah. By his own account of his own CCTV, without his own CCTV in his own home, which m- many people don't have CCTV in their own home, he got away with it because they didn't have any proof of anything, did they? Yeah, like, because that was interesting because obviously the owner of the New England Patriots came in and they gave his statement, didn't he, in court, and he said, oh, and he went and asked him about it and he said, oh, don't worry. Because I was in a club when this murder happened. Yeah, yeah. So he already, he'd already given himself away by saying he knew what time the murder was. Yeah. So he already knew part of it. So then he, he were connected that way. Um, yeah, interesting. But then obviously there's a backstory to this, isn't there? There's um, sort of like there's a lot of, there were a few things that played into it, weren't there? It was an eye profile from yeah. a young kid. He was expected to be a first round pick in the draft system, uh, ended up being fourth round, which were sort of like a disappointment to him. And then there were uh, questions about his sexuality. Yep. And then obviously he went on to commit suicide when he got acquitted of the two murders um, and then there was the appeal. So then he could never be convicted of the first murder because it had been appeal due to a law. Um, so then that made him an innocent man, more or less. But obviously, retrospectively in Boston now, they've changed that rule. Yeah. And so he has been committed to those murders. And that means he wouldn't, his family wouldn't receive a payout uh, of his contract, which I think, I think in the long shot, I think that's what he thought was going to happen. If, I've, if I'm cleared of committing these murders, I'm not then in, um, what do they call it? with his contract that he'll get paid out his contract because he hadn't done anything yeah. breached his contract um, but then like I said there were a few factors that played into it and it was only after when they did um, an autopsy that they rescued his brain didn't they or they took his brain and they re- or they, they, they done the test and they realised that he had chronic traumatic encephalopathy CT, <laughs> yep. CT, which is uh, massive. If you just Google CT, very prominent in any physical contact sport, especially American football, um, rugby, boxing, things like that. Yep. Um, and the the worrying, but uh, the worrying thing about CT is that a, a diagnosis cannot be made while you're living, so you can only be diagnosed yep. when you're dead. Um, so and some of the and it ties into actually how we behave. So some of the um side effects of CT are difficulty thinking, impulsive behaviour, depression or apathy, short term memory loss, uh difficult planning or carrying out tasks, emotional instability, substance misuse, uh, suicidal thoughts and behaviour. Now you look at all those and throughout that documentary, now have they made that documentary to then blame this CTE. It's it's an interesting one. It don't give you it don't give you justification to go out and murder murder two people. They tied it in. I'm, I'm trying to as, as, as I'm talking. I'm trying to Google this. They tried it in in the I can't remember the player's name. They tied it in in the program about with another. Um, American footballer who committed suicide, suicide. Uh, South Sea uh, Islander, who who were like this big tough guy and he he'd actually committed suicide. And whereas people, when you know they commit suicide, not that people um, 
shoot yourself. If you're going to hang yeah, yourself, or shoot yeah. yourself. He shot himself in the in the chest, um, and left a note about to tell him to look at his brain. Right. Um, and that really interested me. Like, I can't for, for life for me think of what the guy would call, but he'd shot himself in the chest, knowing that he did something wrong with his head. He knew there was something wrong with his brain, and and yeah, they tied it in, and have they tied it in with that to blame that to protect him as a footballer. as a footballer to give him to kind of give him some oh that's the reason he did it yeah kind of thing because some justification because he killed his, because he's committed suicide or, or was murdered whatever you, you yeah, outcome yeah. you think you never get the answers you never really get the answers the same with him about him being gay yeah because that like, would another side that's thing into after. it side, his yeah. best mate as a kid come out and gone oh yeah we used to fumble about now he hadn't done that well, he's been alive. He's come out and said that after. when this guy's passed away, and, and I'm not, I'm not, I might be wrong, but this guy's come out of woodwork and gone, oh yeah, me and him used to uh, fumble about, and, and he could be getting a bit of money for doing that. Yeah, and there were there so. were things about it as well as when he moved to Florida uh, as well, and, he, and then he started getting a lot of tattoos, and then mm. it raised alarm bells in someone's mind saying, oh, this is a gay guy struggling with his yeah. sexuality, so all he's doing is getting tattoos and masculine up. Um, so. We'll go with CTE. Yep. And I think this is going to become more prevalent now because the research is there, the technology is there. We're going to hear a lot more sports people that are going to get it. There was a big film by Will Smith about CTE as he was a doctor and how yep. the NFL treated him. Um, so the cases are going to rumble on. You play in a contact sport now. Yep. Does it, does it worry you? The, the impact on you um, on your brain and not not so much I've I've suffered um, some serious head injuries I've, I've had concussions where I've had to stay in hospital overnight yeah um, uh, I've I've suffered when I was younger I remember one when I was younger genuinely uh, I was at school actually before I'd even made it playing rugby and pro or whatever I, I took a knock to my head and came went in for a contact and went head to head with another player because I, we both went to make the same tackle mm-hmm. bang and I remember coming round and I was like I was quite a big lad at school yeah, and a popular yeah. kid and I remember coming round and crying my eyes out and couldn't help crying my eyes out and, you didn't know and my mum my mum had come and everyone was laughing at me I don't know yeah. where I was yeah. it scared me to, and I'd, I'd spoke about my dog and he'd been dead three years my oh. dog had been put to yeah, sleep yeah. and I'm saying oh his dog like and it was awful, and I like thought, and that scared me, and um, that's been the problem most severe. But then I've carried carried on playing. I've had a few knocks where um, I've not even known no. because you don't have to. It doesn't even have to be the contact with your head, does it? It can be a whiplash motion, yeah, and yeah. you can be all right. And the next minute, you throw it up everywhere, and you need to kind of things like that. Um, but no, like, you don't really worry because is it not? rugby league, yeah, it is a contact sport. Rugby, sorry, rugby union, but you're not meant to have contact with the head. It's not. Yeah. <laughs> It's not meant to... Well, you, you're not supposed to really in American football either, but... They've got big helmets on. Yeah, they've, they've got, got big helmets and they get penalised for going in with that. But it's for me, like, only since reading about this and watching the Will Smith film, yeah. I become, I'm become i worried about it, like the knock-on effect of it. Now, I haven't played as long as you. I played professionally for seven, eight years, but I played as a kid and everything else but the one thing that worries me is like my granddad died of dementia okay and so then have i just sped up the process of that 
you know, with all the knocks to my head. And, um, I don't know if it, the dementia is a, um, a, a generic thing, you know, uh, not generic, um, in your genes. Is that is that right, generic? No. no. Genetic. Genetic, yeah, <laughs> generic, long day. Um, genetic thing, I don't know if it's passed on. Um, so that's the only thing I worry about. Like, have I just sped up? what's the inevitable like if you know my family gets dementia um, my dad's side have I just sped up that process by because of all the bumps and knocks and everything to me I mean when you look at like the safety protocols now that's in place they weren't there when I first played you did a you did an head test on a I think it was paper at right. first when I first started playing professionally it's all on computer now with a card, computer, couple of cards. Yeah, couple yeah, of and it, it went, it went to that, it went to the cards, and it was about your reactions and stuff. But the, if you got a knock on head, they were they weren't a doctor to say, oh, you need to do an HIA and yeah. everything else, you know. So all that's fantastic, um, but I just I don't know, like you know, do we just play it down when we finish? Like the the effects I had, or is this big tough guy and? You know, it? CT can have all these emotional instability, substance misuse, suicidal thoughts, and the massive, isn't it? It's a massive thing, and then it's a, it's quite worrying, really. Just to play a sport professionally, it doesn't mean to say you should get a life sentence after. No, no, um, and that's. But we can, I think there's not enough. There isn't enough evidence. There isn't enough information to say that that's what this happens. Just for the simple fact that. He's one man. He's one man, isn't he? Who's, who's mm. murdered three people? Well, every other person who's had this hasn't gone out. And there's a lot. I mean, I'm looking through Wikipedia. And there's so many uh, ex-professional uh, American footballers that have committed suicide. Side, yeah. It's huge. It's huge. There's pages and pages there. That's just shocked me just looking at that. But other sports, other sports, maybe not so much. Um, yeah, it's not as prevalent. Is it substance misuse? Yeah, a lot of people. But I see that more as because they've got no purpose anymore because they all they've known is being this professional athlete. But, but it does could could see the CT linking, you know, because so. depression. Yeah, um, maybe so. And and compound that fact of you losing your identity or whatever when you retire. Yeah. Um, it's an interesting one, and it, it it's only gonna this one again. It'll become more prevalent as you know the technology and the science and the research gets better um i think the nrl the rugby league in australia they're going to face a massive um case around this and compensation that's going to rumble that i quickly read about nothing's come about the british game as of yet or any other contact sports um not say no but then you're looking now i think they've banned uh, footballers in primary school from heading the ball, the ball. Yeah. so obviously they are taking measures they are aware of it um, I think you know I think there were a couple of years ago that the FA were going through a, a massive thing about a couple of people or players getting Alzheimer's and the onset of dementia because of heading the ball and, and things like that um, or should we just expect it because it's a professional sport should we just that is a byproduct of you playing that do you is that one of the risks doing it or yeah that is a risk isn't that is it? it's a risk it's classed as a risk in that I think if you're talking about boxing or MMA well that's direct that's, contact that's yeah. direct that's you know you're 
having an impact there because you've been punched in the head yeah. or whatever, kicked yeah. in the head. You that's that is more of a thing where you're saying, well, I'll tell you what, if you're gonna do that sport, you basically are short in your life, full stop. Yeah. Rugby and football and other contact sports like that are more like there's a risk and that's a risk you take but boxing MMA is a guarantee and it's a guarantee yeah. there's going to be some form of yeah because it's constant trauma to the head isn't it? Yeah. like you're getting your head rocked <laughs> but will it ever stop probably not because there's so much money in it yeah it's yeah, it's, it's a strange one, isn't it? Brain injuries and, and things like that. They'll always rumble on and there'll always be compensation cases and there'll always be new measures put in place to try to protect it. But at the end of the day, when the entertainment value is so high, they're not going to take that away. And i tell you another, actually, another thing that shocked me in the, di- uh, the documentary was the use of the painkilling drug, uh, Taradol, yep. that were in it. Like, I don't know where you, I don't know, I understand both of it. Like, I understand that NFL and the, the players, their assets, and while ever they're not on the field performing for that organisation, there's going to be, you're not doing your job, basically. Yeah. Um, but there's a massive, and I, I think this culture will go on in a lot of professional sports, there will be a, a prescription painkiller, um, sort of like an addiction oh, yeah. pandemic, if you want to call it. I, I think there'll be loads of people that'll be ad- ad- sports people addicted to over the counter medicines to take away pain. Mm-hmm. Um, like, say for instance, in, in your in rugby, so you, you, you're only part time, so a lot of it is about as well making money on top of your job yep. money. Um, there's pressures there, isn't there, then to keep your shirt. Oh, yeah. Like, you don't, because you're injured one week, you'd be very reluctant to give up your shirt for someone else to come in and take your winning bonus or to yeah. take... So you do whatever you, you can, can to get to through. Get... You know, yeah, give me some, give me some whatever you've got yeah. to, to get me through it. Can you can you give me a... Not me personally. No, can you no. give me a painkiller injection? Can you... Yeah. Give me something to numb pain. Can you do this? Can you do that? Whatever, strap this up to get through it. Because, like you say, yeah, you, you want to be out there and and earn money and that. But that's then down to the physio or the doctor or whoever's in charge to make that call for you, isn't it? Which yeah, you're they're not really reluctant to do. Yeah, of course, they are. they're going to put it back in the player. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So on on back of that, do you think like pain killing injections should be banned in semi professional sport? Because uh, oh, it's a tough one, is that because. Look, in the day, your body, your body's not meant to be, to go through the the, the stuff that it's put through. Mm. It, but you know, your body's not meant to play rugby league. It's not meant for boxing. It's not meant for this. So, <clears throat> what it's trying to do is, if you've got some swelling or something or some pain, it, your brain telling you stop. Like yeah. <clears throat> we're trying to protect this muscle or this bone. Stop doing it. Like if and, I've got a headache, I will be reluctant. Or if a part of my body that hurts, I'll be reluctant to take a paracetamol for it because. Yeah. If I want to take a paracetamol, that's going to mask that pain and say, oh, you can walk normally. Yeah. Which then, I'm just masking the pain, but doing more damage. Yeah. Now, playing a sport and you're numbing that pain and then having to go back and then manage it after, like, should that decision be taken out of the player's hands? 
probably should, but you'd find that everybody, it happens to everybody, wouldn't it? Because everybody would be injured all the time. All because, let's be honest, I dare say this, and I'll speak for every rugby player out there, definitely every rugby player. I don't think there's probably one rugby player on the planet that has ever played a game of rugby league 100%. percent yeah, because yeah. you know no. you're always playing it. Well, you will. What you play your first, you play your first game of the season, which is a pre-season friendly. You'll play that hundred percent fit if yeah. you've not if you've had a, a, a I'll call it a clean if you've had a, a clean pre-season where you haven't picked up any niggles yeah. or anything like that. That'll be the only game, and in fact, rest of the season you'll you be, little, not, you'll not be managing, won't you? You'll yeah. be paid managing. Little bits of swelling, little bruises, little cuts. Yeah. Little niggles, yeah, oxygen, cardiovascular levels. But if you can't train the majority of the week and then come weekend, and and don't matter how important you are to that team, but if you're having to have them them injections, I don't know. Like it does conflict me, and I've I've been in the situation myself. Uh, I've at sixteen, so we got through to an academy grand final. I needed any operation, but I wanted to play rest of the year. Pain killing injection in my knee. To get through that game lasted twenty five minutes, and a part of me thinks what I selfish there because a hundred percent fit player could have come in, taken my place and probably done a better job, yeah, other than what I did in that final. We ended up losing. Um, maybe could have won. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. The, but you sort of like been I don't know probably I felt I think a bit of let my teammates down um, a bit and then on the flip side that like I say someone 100% fit could have come in yeah. but the coach at the time deemed that I was that important to play in that game like that and don't get me wrong it was my decision to, to do it I wanted to do it I wanted to play in that final I'd worked hard all year to get to that stage I wanted to play but I didn't do it justice because I wasn't fit it's a risky. It's a risky. It's a risk for you. It's a risk for your coach. Yeah, but your coach obviously thought that you were worth. Yeah. Banging in there and to play even if you got twenty five minutes. Mm-hmm. I think if we talk more, no disrespect to you, no. but a higher level, if yeah. we talk about uh, yeah. Cooper Cronk, yeah, Cooper yeah. Cronk with the shoulder, oh, well, absolutely knackered. They had one shoulder. They played in final. Did he win? But <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Did but, <laughs> but I mean, he's a full time professional. Yeah. Isn't he? Um, he can he can get treatment away from that. He, they can manage that, can't they? As a as a club, he can. He's not working every day. He's not doing that. Um, yeah, but I think there will be, and just to sort of like wrap this one up, there will be a, a prescription, painkiller, problem in in sports. Yeah. I think, and I think what it uh, Malcolm Alka that did a book. Uh, biography, autobiography, Exo Curate Salford, and he. Now in prison, is he? Is he in prison? Got them for burglary. Oh, what, was that him? Arm robbery. Yeah. Um, he did a book and said he was, you know, there was a problem with pain yeah. medicine and he, he finished the game addicted to pain medicine. Yeah, and then it's, it's scary though, isn't it? Like when you go into it about that, getting jabbed up and the expectance of players to do that. Um, again, is that right? Because, you know, it's all right. And I'll always come back to this because I can say it, I'm out of it, but it's only a game, isn't it? It's only a spot. To, but to other people, it's so much more. And, um, and then when we bring it back to this, uh, this series, this TV series, so all our topics have come off this, there's obviously another a side topic of him being a... Uh, 
being homosexual, gay, whatever. Um, and that came out just a couple of days before he committed suicide, I believe. There were rumblings on. Yeah. Now, and obviously he must have felt, if, it, if this was one of the reasons, that it wasn't man, manly. Because there was a, 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 an openly gay American footballer on that he'd retired, hadn't he? Yeah. And his plan was he could never come out while they were playing football, he had to hide his identity, he had to put weight on on purpose and became this big bloke and this masculine bloke to hide his sexuality. And then his plan was, after he finished his football career, he was going to kill himself until he spoke to somebody. Now, it doesn't matter, like, it doesn't stop you from being, being gay or homosexual, however you want to have I think I've got a problem with labels, why we have to label everything as well. Um, doesn't matter. It doesn't, it doesn't stop you from doing your job, does it? No. It doesn't stop you from being it. If he, if he wants to be an aggressive, you know, it doesn't stop him from being this aggressive American footballer out on the field. Um, and that's just stereotypes, isn't it? Like, play, yeah. that's him, that's players that would worry about the stereotypes and feel that it may affect them. Like, I mean, I don't know what f- American football fan bases are like and how accepting they would be, but we look at our own country. I don't think there's any openly gay f- footballers playing now. Um, in Premier League, no? In Premier League, uh, which is sad yeah. in this day and age that they, they still don't feel comfortable enough to be themselves. Um, obviously, the Rugby League one was... Keegan Hurst uh, yeah. came out and uh, I think generally that was uh, well accepted um, and you know received good and so it should be all in good terms there's nothing you know it shouldn't ever be anything but should it um, and then you've seen that on the back of that with that Israel Folau signing that you know clubs are then doing LGBTQ weekends is it now do we put the Q in I'm not too sure but LBT LGBT yeah. weekends out there. Um, they're doing those um, to sort of like acceptance in the community and stuff like that. But I just think it's like the stereotypes are quite quite sad that you cannot be who you want to be and play professional sport um, because you think that you're not going to be accepted. It doesn't, like I say, for me, my view, it doesn't stop you from being able to do a job out on the field. And that's the most important thing at the end of the day, isn't it? Whether that player scores goals, saves goals, scores tries, makes tackles, does his meters, whatever the sport is, it shouldn't matter, should it? No, definitely not. Um, it's, yeah, it's something I've never, like, it's never bothered me. And I think it's an old, it's really an old-fashioned thing to be kind of homophobic, if you yeah. like. Because it? it's, you know, people are who they are. And, um, I can remember like recently the the, the situation with the uh, rugby union game um, uh, where Thomas. Gareth Thomas made a comment about the, what, an England player. I'm not good with rugby union, but an England player had kind of grabbed, Joe Marler. Had grabbed the the testes on. Alwyn Jones. <laughs> <grabbed> <laughs> his, yeah. It was only a joke. The yeah. mates he had a little bit of a tickle yeah. play around, and um, Gareth Thomas turned around and said, "Well, they didn't do that in uh, kind of in my day when I played because uh, if they did." I would have retired, and, and it, well, I, that was hilarious. It was funny. Everyone in the studio mm-hmm. laughed at it, and yeah. he took. He's the you know Gareth Thomas is openly gay. Yeah, he didn't take it 
took yourself too serious. He had a bit of a laugh with people, people had a laugh, and then you know you see him later on. He had to apologise for his comments. Why? Why should he have to apologise? Yeah, you shouldn't have to apologise. That's what you were thinking. He's a gay man. Yeah, openly gay man. Yeah, and you're having a bit of fun. There's not wrong with like he's. There's a difference between grabbing somebody and being perverse and being and being a little bit like aggressive to having a bit of a laugh with your mate. Don't, don't mean anything. No, it's not. Yeah, it's bonkers, isn't it? Now, and I just think like I think it's so sad that like professional sport is now not in a place to to have openly gay players yeah. playing. Um, and I just think, when when will it happen? Um, I understand football is a bit more tribal. It don't make it, don't give it an excuse why they can't do it. At the end of the day, their job is to play for that team and play well for that team, yep. and that's all they need to do. Um, I just think it's sad. I hope it happens soon. Um, that you know, society is more accepting in 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 that regard. Um, I don't know if it will. I just, and again, if this played into a part of this American football as definitely. It's it's just a sad sad case, isn't it? Yeah, just because he can't be who he wants to be, um, and that goes for like anybody. These things are changing. Out there. These things are changing. Um, yeah, slowly. The, 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 the homosexual, uh, homosexual, the homophobic people and sexist people. It's yeah, all getting called out. Yeah, he's getting there. Tides turning, and people becoming equals, and that's what that's ultimately what it needs to be. People should be equal. Yeah, I think it is. Um, so on that note, we'll uh, we'll wrap it up. Some quite <laughs> heavy topics. Um, I hope it's been a good a good listen for you. Um, once again, I, I must give a quick shout out as well. We've got our second email for for the certificate. Uh, so PJ, don't worry, your certificate's coming. Just um, it'll be on its way. So that's a little shout out to you for getting in touch with us. But uh, do get in touch with us. Leave us topics that you want us to discuss or just leave us some feedback. Um, especially leave us a review and um, feedback on iTunes. That would be appreciated. Uh, and then reach out to us on our uh, social media handles. Um, on Twitter, it's uh, at blokes2. Uh, I'll leave the Instagram one up to Dwayne because uh, <laughs> I can never get it. Yeah, the Instagram we are at at TTBTP, which is obviously at the two blokes talking podcast so it's at ttbtp and then uh, obviously you can email us again it's at uh, two blokes podcast at yahoo.com and that's two blokes podcast at yahoo.com uh, once again thanks for listening we appreciate it and uh, have a good week weekend yeah, see, see you, you later <laughs>